Hi, I'm Laura Brady, CEO of Concierge Auctions. And hi, I'm Chad Roffers, Chairman of Concierge Auctions. And this is Block Talk. I am Laura Brady. I'm the CEO of Concierge Auctions. I'm here with Chad, who's the chairman of our company and my business partner as well. And Seth and Kristen are two of our agents on our agent advisory board and two rock star agents um, with contacts throughout the U.S. And we're super excited to have their knowledge here today. We're going to be talking a little bit about the state of the market and how market's going in Vegas and San Diego, all over where we have purview as well, um, and get a little bit of inside scoop, but also keep the conversation light. So one more housekeeping topic. For those of you who aren't familiar with GoToWebinar, if you're here live, we'd love for you to participate in the discussion and ask questions. You can post questions in the message center and I'll either see them or my team will ping me on the back end and I'll be able to watch um, questions as they come in and try to feed them into the discussion here. So with that being said, we are going to get started with, let's just do a little bit of background. Um, Go around, Kristen. This is an official bio of you. Can you just tell us, though, a little bit about yourself? Sure. I've been with um, Sotheby's um, since 2010. And um, so I've been their number one agent, number one producing agent for sales volume since, I don't know, 2010. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, and I've been with Concierge Auction. I, I actually met um, Chad in 2007 and have been a big supporter, have done a lot of stuff with concierge auction. I've contributed a lot to the rise of my success by being an early adopter and doing things for buyers and sellers um, that realtors should do, um, often don't, but but should do. And, um, and then of course, like Seth and I were in the same company for years and Seth and I have known each other for a long time. And I contribute him to a lot of my success too, because we were super collaborated together back and forth, shared ideas, you know, um, tried out a lot of stuff um, just for listings and packaging and, you know, and putting, you know, high net worth people in front of our, our listings. So for me, I just, you know, I love being a realtor. I can't believe I get paid to do it. And, um, and I'm super thrilled. And, and uh, so I'm still with Sotheby's and, you know, in Las Vegas and Henderson. So that's it for me. That's it. That's all. Just top, top agent, top everything. Kristen is a total rock star and always a lot of fun to be around. So we'll bring some of that into the discussion here today, too, as well as Seth. Seth, tell us a little about, about you. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. So, so yeah, so I sell houses. Um, I've been in the business since um, sort of 03, 04. So I'm, I'm getting real close to two decades in the business. And uh, I started my team in 04, and uh, we've we've employed a lot of brokers over the many years. Um, right now, we're, our team is a team of 14. Um, we're split pretty much evenly, um, seven support staff, seven agents. Um, I consider myself one of the agents, um, so I count, count on that side. 
Um, and uh, we, yeah, we've done, we're about about one and a half billion dollars in sales uh, since we started as a firm. So we're really proud of, of those sales numbers. <clears throat> um, we're, we're an interesting um, company because our focus has really been the aesthetic side of real estate. So um, for almost a decade, that's been the marketing specifically. We did a lot in video. Um, now we're doing a lot of work because of, we're with Compass now and we do Compass Concierge. Um, we actually have an extension of our team that's a team of designers and we help people redesign their properties before they sell them. So we bring in contractors, but we actually consult on the design work as well. Everything from the furniture and artwork to, you know, the kitchen countertops and, and, uh, the windows. And so, uh, I, I sort of think of us as kind of an aesthetics team and that that's, that's really been the key to kind of our success is people knowing that they can trust us to present their properties in a really beautiful fashion when it hits the market. Every All the marketing looks really beautiful, m- much of which I just basically just copy from concierge auctions. <laughs> and and then the other side of that is because we do have a background with HGTV and we do have a background doing our own flips and designing our own properties. We try to bring that same kind of like background and, and, and skill set to uh, making sure our homes look really beautiful when we bring them to market. Um, so that's been really good for us. And this is like any agent, been our best year ever. We're really happy. Um, I'm pulling my hair out, what hair I have left, but I'm pulling it out. And um, but it's also really exciting to be experiencing such a great year this year. I'm, I'm sure Kristen uh, and and everybody at Concierge can attest to the same. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I think the four of us, though. I mean, we should try to. I I actually don't know if it's possible, although we had a futurist come speak to our company once. What's this, what's the book called, Laura? Ooh, I stumped her. It's hard to do. I'll have to really find hard it. to do. I'll find it while we're talking. Okay. Yeah. So we had a futurist who, among other things, basically said that like any problem is just a technical problem. Like any issue can be solved. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and then some. But I, it's very interesting when you think about real estate agents and what makes them the uber successful real estate agents like Kristen and Seth. And, you know, the, the backgrounds are so diverse. However, you know, I do think there's three, you know, common denominators that, that you know, both Seth and, and Kristen have. And almost everybody that I know is at the pinnacle of the profession, but it's, you know, mindset, like absolutely positive mindset. You know, I think that's something that, you know, these two exude in spades, but that, you know, energy and work ethic because, you know, things are good, but, you know, it takes a lot of effort to be successful in this business. And then vision, you know, Kristen, like, like probably month one of concierge reached out to us saying, hey, I want to like align myself with you guys. And there's a place in the market for you. And Seth really, you know. Um, showing us the way and collaborating with us on so many innovative marketing, you know, levers. So um, we're so lucky to to have known you guys for as long. And so we have, I think, Seth, we had a closing last week with you. Congrats. Yeah. Five. five. It was, a, it was, a, it was a good, nu- it was a good number. That was actually one of the more expensive properties on that street's called Skylark. And that was one of the more expensive sales on that. Um, street. So we're really, really proud of that. Um, yeah, 5.125 million, um, which is a really, really good number for that property and that street. And, you know, it was a bidding war, which obviously concierge auctions is used to the markets have just become more normal, but um, it was really exciting 
when we got to those final hours and the auction opened, it went from, okay, how is this going to go? I think it's going to go well to, you know, everybody in La Jolla was talking about this listing. Like, I mean, it, it was the talk of the town and that was, that was just so exciting. And for me, obviously as the representing agent, um, the listing agent, that's great for me too. So it was phenomenal for me because it was a great experience. It's always great for our exposure and our legitimacy. Um, but you know, clearly that our the clients just really did well because of that level of exposure as well. It was truly and sincerely the talk of the town. Awesome. And Kristen just told us about one she saw this weekend or last week. That sounds like a good candidate for us. But that's not the point of today. Um, but that we can't say thank you enough always for your ongoing support and loyalty and learnings and shared learnings, et cetera. Absolutely. And I'll also finish that plug for Byron Reese. Byron was the futurist that came and spoke with us. And I couldn't exactly remember the name of the book, but I looked it up. It's called Infinite Progress. So how the internet and technology will end ignorance, disease, poverty, hunger, and war. It's a pretty interesting book. And he was a very interesting speaker. And help, it, and help people sell more houses. I thought like it was a all footnote. Just, it's all right. just a technical problem. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, cool. And, and Seth, the other thing that you didn't mention, how uh, Toddler Talks is going viral. I love that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we love our internet. We just love the internet. We love social media. We love having fun, you know, and, uh, that, that's been really fun. We've actually created a lot of stuff in the last couple of years, um, that has actually gotten a lot of viewership, uh, to toddler talks, right? Like, I think like it, it, we, we measure across all platforms and we measure, you know, all of our viewership from Instagram stories to Instagram native to YouTube, to Vimeo, to our website, um, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, we're, we're approaching a million views on that, which is pretty cool. And it was been a fun way for us to meet, to share being a father and that being an important part of my business. Um, and, and that was actually a, that was a quarantine series. We create, we had two series that we created during quarantine because I was here and I was, you know, as everyone was, I was stuck, you know, bored. And I thought people would want to know about celebrity real estate gossip and and a, and a father struggling to try to keep up with a kid to create a video series during quarantine. And it was funny. I mean, a lot of people really laughed because it was just truly genuine, you know, to get the kid to even sit down for long enough to film talking about Kim Kardashian's new house or whatever. It was impossible. And the struggle was what everyone laughed at the most. It was like the opposite of a polished thing. And uh, but what was really funny is is. Uh, after the first couple, because we had eight episodes and then we filmed another eight, some of which are coming out right now. What's funny is for me, it was so fun because it was a project I could do when I, you know, there was a time there, obviously we couldn't leave our houses and it was just fun to be able to do something to bond with my kid. Um, and I, you know, I want, I want him and I don't want him to get into real estate. So, but it's fun to have him do something, you know, with, with like social media and real estate, which are my, my two lanes. Right. Awesome. So if you haven't watched Toddler Talks, look that up. Seth and Burn. Toddler Talk, singular, right? And Lake is your son, right? The co-host. Lake, Lake O'Burn. We cast him. We cast him <laughs> as actually the executive producer. So like the ongoing joke in the episodes is like, I'll ask him about Drake or I'll ask him about whoever, you know, Elon Musk. And I'm like, you're the one who prepared the show. Like you're the one that interviewed <laughs> Elon. Like you're supposed to know this. Uh, and 
you know, and that, that was like the whole, the ongoing thing is like, he's kind of this, like, you know, this like loose cannon, uh, co-host producer who seems to have his act together, but just like falls apart at the seams when the camera turns on. And that's like kind of the ongoing like shtick is that this kid just like, can't keep his head together. Um, and we're we're actually, he's, he's three, he's three years. We started filming toddler talks when he was, or toddler talk when he was two. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's actually asking about it again. So we might film again. The hard part is, 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 uh, I wasn't doing it to try to like get notoriety or to become famous or to get, and we didn't become famous from it anyways, but I mean, I wasn't doing it for attention and I wasn't really doing it for business. I was doing it because literally it was just a fun thing to do with my child when we were bored and, you know, I have a full-time videographer on, on staff. So I'm like, this guy hasn't worked in months. Let's do something. And <laughs> And, um, but what's funny is, is, is now it's such a thing that like when we go on airplane rides, um, and he's screaming at the front of the plane with all these, you know, fancy business travelers that are spent a lot of money to drink their cocktail in silence. Um, I, 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 I put the headphones in and I put taller talks in front of him and it just, he's, gl- he's glued. Um, he's actually even been giving me some notes on what he wants to do next and like what he thinks we could do better. He's three and he's like already like a producer. I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so it's like fake it till you make it. You really did make him the producer and now he's becoming the producer. He's, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. And we're, we're actually going to, we're doing a series that we start, we start filming this week. I do, I've been doing vlogs and those have been really, really good for me to connect with my base. And I've been, I was a very late adapter to vlogs oh, and um, I actually really enjoy it because they're very easy to shoot. You just do your day and you have a camera with you. And obviously, you, you know, some appointments, they're not going to want a camera in their face, but for those that are appropriate, you can do it. But um, I've been now taking my kid on with me on appointments, not listing appointments, but like we do with our flips and construction and design consultations and the behind the scenes work of real estate. And um, we're doing kind of a hybrid between toddler talks and our vlog where it's like the same thing, like really exploring like a dad and his son, like trying to like get through. Cause it's, I'm sure Laura, you, you're, you're kind of in it right now too. Like it's hard to be a professional and a parent of a young child. Like it's hard. And it's also something that most people can relate to. So that's been really fun is, is, is being like honest about like it, it being a little tough and, and, and everyone, I think gets a good laugh. So good. Yeah. Actually one of the most recent webinars that I was on with Seth was with Inman connect now. And we talked about digital marketing. So you can look that up Inman connect now luxury um, with Seth and, and Ben Black from the agency. So that was pretty cool. Um, Awesome. Well, let's get into talking about the market just a little bit. Also, um, I'll give, I think we have a few slides in here just about concierge options. If you're not familiar with us, I'll just give like a two minute pitch. Um, We are a real estate auction firm. We deal in the high end working with luxury properties and luxury agents like Seth and Kristen. So we partner with sellers and agents to market their properties on a global scale, Um, have amassed a great database in the past 13 years being in business. So right now we have um, over half of our bidders for any auction are coming right out of our database. And we're pretty proud of that. We're also able to aggregate the local market to 
get everyone excited for a specific auction date where they come and identify the price of the property. So with that said, we always work with agents and we're excited that I know we have some agents listening in that we've worked with in the past and others that we have not before. So we look forward to just getting to know you a little bit better and agent commissions are always protected. We're an additional tool for the agent community and sellers to use. So with that said, let's move on. But that is why we are here. That's how we know Seth and Kristen. And today we're going to talk just a little bit about the market. Um, it's been said already that the market's red hot, right? We've had a lot of business going on in the past year, really, in virtually every market in the U.S., um, a couple that have been slightly slower, but it's a really healthy market for the most part. Um, Kristen and Seth, you might get a kick out of this. We had a webinar with Matt Beal on um, either last week or the week before. And Matt was saying he feels like it's like Super Mario Brothers where you like eat a mushroom and you get bigger and like eat another mushroom and get bigger. Like the market is just like so getting so big, but it's like how big can it get, right? And also really brought the conversation down to we have to still focus on fundamentals and marketing. And just because we're running around trying to keep up with all the business, um, it's most likely not going to be like this forever. So making sure that we remain grounded and thinking about the future is important too. But um, I always like Matt's analogies. That was a funny one. Um, okay, so let's talk about the achievements this past year um, because the market has been so strong. Seth, we had that great sale with you recently. Kristen, what are some things that you've seen in your market? Uh-oh, pause. Kristen. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Seth, the great you thing is, yeah, I can yeah. take it. The, the great thing yeah. is Kristen was like in a great, like if you're going to freeze frame, that's a great freeze frame. Oh, here she goes. It's so right now. Okay. Most markets are on Okay, fire. so sorry. So, I don't know whether. Okay. Take it, take it from, think, test one, too. I think you got it. Testing, okay. testing. Okay. I mean, I can hear you. Bummer. Kristen, you might need to dial back to just kind of reconnect or turn off your internet. Turn it back on. Uh, and then you go out. But so, okay, this is what I think uh, for back to the fundamental, remain calm, remain stable oh. and, and be able organized. Sorry, am I talking? Now Natalie, we may need to message her to just try to dial out and dial back in. Or somebody keep organized and continue um, to move all of your listings and you know and people that don't have a lot of experience are just falling by the wayside, which you know just is kind so, of a natural selection of my <laughs> this thing keeps coming back to me like after 30 seconds, it's telling me what I said. So in any case, but the Las Vegas market is, you know, it's doubled this last year. Um, the luxury market has, has, you know, probably more than tripled. Um, and then my most exciting achievement this year was that I sold the um, highest price sale in the history of, of Las Vegas. So 
that was a big thing for me. And it was, you know, I, you know, still um, um, super, you know, yeah, I, I don't know whether I totally believe it still, but in any case, you know, for if for us, it was a $25 million sale, which is, is, you know, pretty much more than double, maybe more than five times what our, our luxury market is. And we were able to do that just because, you know, we started seeing that shift in Las Vegas in probably 2018, where the, uh, where, where, a higher caliber that that luxury buyer was coming into the market. So we were putting all of our steps in place to actually get there. So when that when that opportunity presented itself, that we didn't have the house for that buyer. Um, I had to go out and find that house and put that deal together because his caliber, what he wanted, you know, certainly didn't really exist, you know, typically on the market for sale. So we, we made it happen for a variety of different things with, you know, and, and so anyway, so that was great. And I think that that just sets the stage for Las Vegas, puts us up, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do it the first time, but now that you, we've done it, you know, it's now, you know, it's hard to do a $25 million sale when most all of your other sales are at 5 million. But now that there's a $25 million sale, it'll be much easier to do a $35 million sale and then jump off that to a 50, you know, and to get into some of these, you know, to get on par with some of the bigger markets, you know, that we see. I don't think Las Vegas will certainly be like a San Francisco or an Aspen or a New York or a Hamptons or or Palm Beach, just because we don't have that vol, you know, we don't have the the volume of that um, product. But um, but I think that I I I think that that twenty five million dollar record hopefully will get broken in the next, you know, soon <laughs> soon I hope break, you break your own record, Kristen. Yeah, well, hey, I Kristen, like to break my record, but I, but believe me, like. I love my competitors to get a $35 million sale so I can break it with a $50 million sale. I, they can't do what they need to do unless I do what I'm doing. So, you know, competitors or not, you know, we're all in this market together. And so it's for me, I felt the weight of the world or not, not the weight of the world. I felt the weight of Las Vegas, the city of Henderson, McDonald Highlands, Blue Heron, every single Las Vegas homeowner, it was a total win for them. And I feel like it was also a win for every single agent um, in Las Vegas too. You know, just, I was just lucky that it was me, but, um, but it was a big win for our whole city. You make, you make your own luck, Kristen. What, um, <laughs> where did that buyer come from? Not That buyer on. came yeah. from, um, this is actually a, a great lesson for all you realtors. Um, it, it goes back to fundamentals, which number one, answer your phone. So that buyer called the two top agents in Las Vegas. I'm the number one individual agent. And then they called the number one team agent. Team agent didn't answer his phone, but I did. Then by the time the team agent got back to them, three days later, which is not acceptable. Um, he passed them off to a junior and he was just so upset at that. But meanwhile, he had already flown in. We had already looked at houses. 
we were going. The, the interesting thing about that buyer, which I was able to represent both the buyer and the seller because I had to find the house for him, <laughs> was that he was like, hey, um, I'm going to call that agent and tell him like, you know, like a pretty, you know, a scene out of Pretty Woman, like, you know, sorry, you know, walking by with all the shopping bags. But I'm like, he was like, I'm going to call him and just tell him like, he totally blew it. Like he could have had the sale and, you know, had he just done the fundamentals. And I'm like, I don't want you to, you know, I don't want you to tell my competitors what um, their weaknesses are because I already know them. <laughs> Kristen, is, did the buyer come from California? They, yes, they did. All right. So did you send like a, uh, like a holiday ham to Gavin Newsom? Oh God. Well, Gavin, we've, we've made our, um, he's our number one realtor for the state of Nevada. So we gave him that, um, you know, award. And yeah, I do. I send Gavin like, Jesus, I cannot like, I can't hope he stays in office. Like we're sending, we're, we're doing like campaign rallies for him and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> it's like the best thing that ever happened in Nevada is Gavin. It's pretty so. interesting, you know, when you think about not to take this political because we're apolitical, but um, the um, one thing I've already been noticing in the last 10, kind of two weeks, our business, Laura and I always kind of laugh, kind of moves in dog years, you know, so like a, a listing cycle for us, we don't take listings, but the equivalent to it is six weeks, right, versus six months or a year. So like just everything we deal with just seems to happen faster. Um but with this Delta variant, I've seen like a whole new wave of people who were like, um, you know, kind of getting ready to go back to normal because like change was like, but like, it just seems like we're, we're in for a whole other wave of change. Right. And obviously not everybody, I mean, Seth's selling lots of houses in California. So it's a desirable place to be. It seems like you want to make your money before you get there, um, as far as I can tell. But, um, you know, in terms of taxes and whatnot. But nonetheless, obviously, the climate in Southern California is the best, some of the best in the world. But it seems like I'm just I mean, the, the conversations I've been having with some of our most um, thoughtful, successful, influential clientele, like almost like a whole nother wave of what we just went through the last, you know, whatever it's been 18 months. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out. I totally agree. Well, yeah. Talking about location though, I mean, Seth's been able to be, I remember the very beginning of the pandemic, Seth, you had your office in the garage with your surfboards in the background. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty tough. Pretty tough. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, I think, I think California is really interesting and this is what makes everything to me such a quagmire. And actually I don't, I think maybe all four of us were on that one call where we did a round table right when COVID hit and we were all discussing like what we think will happen next. And um, I think what's really, what's really interesting about this is, is not only has every state handled um handled things differently politically there's also a different social environment um you know the, and again not to be political but like the mask or no mask or the vaccinated or not vaccinated like 
these are actually like they're very dangerous topics to topic talk about. So I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna dip a toe in that water. But but um, a lot of people that are leaving here are people that weren't gonna leave here because of because of because of the state income tax. They're leaving here, or even real estate values. They're leaving here because of things associated with the handling of COVID. And yep. and I think I think you're 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 right, Chad. I, you really are. I think that there's like there's all these people kind of on the fence, and I think the Delta variant is going to tip a lot of people out of California. But what's interesting is we're seeing more sales now ever, 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 ever than ever ever before. And sales prices in Southern California that we've never ever seen before either. And so what's really interesting is to to ask a bigger, broader question, which is so hard to answer, which is why is Athens, Georgia, Las Vegas, Nevada, Tacoma, Washington, New York, San Diego, LA, San Francisco, all having their best years ever by almost every single measure all at once? Because it's it's not like, you know, like it takes nine months to have a baby, right? And then it takes about 30 years to get into luxury purchasing uh, shape as, as, a, as a human. Like we didn't just elapse three, 30 years in nine months in the last year. So where are all these people coming from? Like, and, and you know, you know, these big hedge funds buying real estate, like that's a very, that's a small piece of the pie. Like saying it's, that's what's moving the needles. I, I think, I think that's like, you're not really accounting for all of this change. So it's funny because people ask me all the time. I'm I'm good friends with a lot of agents and in, in in our in our in our markets that we're sending people out to Nashville, Austin, and everyone's like, "How you doing, bud?" And I'm like, "I don't know. The best I've ever been. Like the our business is crazier than it's ever been. You know, um, people are coming here in droves. For us, what's interesting is I think Kristen and I are sharing one thing and very much in common though is San Francisco." Because San Francisco and LA are coming down here like crazy. And I do think that some of that also has to do with this other thing that is a driver of, of, of luxury sales, which is work the homelessness. Home. Well, well, work from home and then the homelessness yeah. issue. Because if you're really wealthy in, in San Francisco and you're willing to accept a certain level of homelessness because it's a big city, what happened during COVID is is we're now at levels that a lot of people are like, okay, this is this is way too much. And and San Diego, although we do have homeless in our downtown area, outside of downtown, we're pretty much void of the homelessness issue, um, you know, at least for now. So you can be really close to the beach in a walkable community where the people walking on the streets are, you know, other homeowners in that neighborhood rather than, you know, homeless people, which is where it's like if you're in San Francisco in certain cities, right, in certain parts of San Francisco, you're, like, you're outnumbered. Like there's more homeless people on the streets than than gainfully employed mortgage payers. And that that is like, it completely changes, I think the environment um, in those cities. And we were just getting like San Francisco, it's so funny. The new question now we have is not where are you coming from? It's like, what part of San Francisco do you live in? <laughs> you literally ask, like someone calls and they're like, you know, I, I, I know that if I have a new lead, cause my, I have an ISA that sends me all their new leads. And um, cause we we're, we're, I don't answer every call. Otherwise I'll miss some calls to to Kristen's point, but our ISA answers typically on the first or second ring and then, and then processes and sends it to me and tries to three-way me in a lot. And, and I'm never surprised. It's always a 415 number now. That's interesting. You know, it's, it's kind of when, when you think about all this, I mean, the common, like we talked about the, you know, the common attributes of the two of you and why you're so successful. 
you know, I think it's just, it's like change, change. And like, if you're into change, it's a pretty good time in life and in business. And, and if you're not into change, it's probably not a very fun time. Right. right. And I think that's like, I think that's what we're seeing And it. It's interesting. I hadn't thought about it quite the way you said it, Seth, but you know, keep, you know, a political, but there's like this migration and you're right. There's like people that, you know, and I don't know what the long-term consequences are, but there's definitely like migration of people going where they want, where they want to be and where they feel comfortable. And like what you just said about the homeless thing, I think that's, you know, a big part of it. And comfortable is, you know, is elbow room and probably having two home offices. Cause if you're married, you know, you're both working from home. Um, so you need more space for that. Comfortable is like, you know, you want everybody around you wearing a mask or you want nobody around you wearing a mask. I mean, so I think you're right. There's just all this, like just massive change going on. Um, and then also just, you know, I was kind of, I was in the Hamptons, I think it was the last week, Laura, like I can't, I was out there for business, not for fun, but um, the, like the amount of ground that I was able to cover in a 24 hour period. And I took a blade helicopter from um, Southampton to, to New York. And it took like 20 minutes and it was a hundred and like 75 bucks. Right. And then the next day I had, a, as I needed to get there for a dinner meeting and then I needed to catch a flight and it took me, you know, 11 minutes and, and for about the same thing, which was less than the Uber fare that would have taken me an hour and a half. Right. And just think about like, that's just one example of like, there's just so much tech, like to the, the our, our friend, the futurist, but like technology, societal change. Um, it, it, it's really, really big. I think people finally woke up and decided that they mattered and they were important and where they live is important and their family's important. You know, we were all going along, you know, just doing what we were supposed to do and everybody had so much time to think about everything. Like, you know, you have one shot, you've got a finite amount of time, like how are you gonna spend it now? And I think it's like almost everybody, it doesn't matter what their age was. We all had a midlife crisis at the same time. So because everybody woke up and decided that they are important and their life's important and how they live is important. And, and I think that that's the part, like, like how you live, um, regardless of how that is. And I think that the, you know, I always say that realtors, you know, if we could just do real estate, like we could do even more real estate, but we're also, you know, a personal assistant, a therapist, an interior designer, uh, all these other things. But I think a futurist, a futurist, a relationship counselor, all of those other things, but really, you know, and I, and regardless of whether, you know, people think that realtors are, you know, worth it or not the at the end of the day like we're all successful because we we can see the individual and we can see how they live and we really take a lot of time to get to know them albeit in a very short amount of time but to try to get them into a house that works for them or that makes them I'll finish your sentence. Makes them happy, yeah. makes yeah. them healthy, 
right? Like, accomplished. Right? I mean, beautifully said. I like the way that she summarized that. Feel something yeah. or that makes them be inspired, like something to something that lives lives better. Time, regardless of whether it's a bigger house or a Everybody smaller should. house or in the country or on. We're even seeing it. I mean, we're selling, like we just sold a property in France last week. And I think we had bidders from like, I don't know, nine different countries. And, and, you know, like this isn't just a U.S. thing. It's a global phenomenon that, you know, I think is only accelerating. And I agree with you, like, like the world's different. Things have changed and it, it it's like set off a wave that is, um, gonna be interesting to see how it you know turns out and i know everybody on this call um you know will be ready for whatever's next for sure yeah, yeah. well it, it, it it's, it's really it's really interesting to your point chad and i'll, I'll kind of end with what i'm seeing out here too is i think the common thread that i'm starting to understand is that this also like i grew up on a farm in washington state and you know i my neighbors are doomsday preppers uh members of the 4-h club um, people who owned a lot of uh, firearms that they they didn't tell a lot of people about, um, and people who were endlessly obsessed with the concept of freedom and personal freedom. And um, I think that there's this weird balance that um, municipalities and and states are are trying to strike right now between like what's that mixture right between like you know you know, personal freedoms and shared responsibilities. And, and what's really, what's, what's really interesting is as, as someone who's selling uh, houses in an area, um, which not compared to San Francisco, but compared to the rest of the country is a lot of do your thing, you know, you know, um, uh, and, and, you know, things are nothing shut down now, but I mean, things were shut down for a really long time in California. Um, it's been really, it's been a really interesting thing because like, I'm seeing a lot of people just like, give me oxygen, like get me out of here. Like this is, this is crazy. Um, and what's really interesting, I think with the second round, like I saw a meme that was really interesting. That was like <laughs> someone hand, someone hand something, someone was like the media Delta variant. And the guy just like chucks it down the, the hallway. And it was like, this is us. And um, I think it's interesting because I, I think this is going to be so dealt with differently, both just it dealt with, dealt with normally, but, but also how real estate affects is affected by, it. I think people are like, yeah, whatever, like, and I, and I think, I think who knows, maybe that's the bad way to react, but I think people are super fatigued. Um, and, um, but you know, what's really interesting too, I'll, I'll tell you this interesting effect that happened to my wife and I. Cause I was like, you know, I run a team. I use employees to do a lot of what I do. I could fly in for my listing appointments and, you know, I've, I've two showing assistants that are infinitely better at showing my listings than me. They're, 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 they're smarter. They're more thoughtful. They're better looking. They're better dressers. Um, they, they are paid to know everything about our listings. And so for, for the most part, you know, I could in theory, at least claim I live somewhere for 180 plus days and I started looking around and I had the opposite effect. I, it was really interesting. My wife and I actively looked, we traveled the country. We actively looked at somewhere else to live other than where we, we are right now here in, in Solana Beach. And we went through this amazing summer of, of travel and thoughtfulness about what we want to do. And then obviously when I look at like what I would save in taxes, I mean, that's a mansion. That's literally a, a mega mansion mortgage, what, what I would save in taxes. 
And we actually had the opposite effect. We both said to ourselves, we only live once. This is where we want to live. And that we're yeah. willing to pay the taxes and deal with some BS because, because, you know, and it's easy to say that in August when you don't have to surf with a wetsuit and, you know, your kids can run into the ocean freely, <clears throat> you know, and, and we actually had the opposite effect. And there's this whole weird thing where people are like, yeah, I get it. It's a pain, but you know, it's like this, we have this really beautiful, you know, girlfriend that's a complete pain in the butt, but we're like, God, but she's so pretty. And you know, maybe I'll, maybe it's okay if she's mean, mean to me in front of my friends every once in a while and tells me what, what to do because she says, look at her. And, and I think, I think that's, we have this beautiful pain in the butt debutante girlfriend here in California. And we, we, some people say it's enough. Some people are like, no, like this is, this isn't, it's not worth it. And, and, and I think us Californians are like, we're really locked in that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, sim similarly, by the way, I have seen my largest spike in inbound buyers coming from Phoenix, Arizona. And those are previous California owners because they went through their first summer, summer in Phoenix. And they said, I don't care if the house is 30% cheaper, like 120 degrees and my dogs can't walk out uh, to go pee until after, you know, six or seven o'clock. Um, because their, their paws will literally burn on the concrete. Like I'm not, it's not, that's not worth it. And so yeah. it, it's really an interesting thing, right? Because what we're talking about is the exchange of money for lifestyle and, and you know, what, what is, what is that worth? Uh, you know, to, to, you to the nail on the head, head, like, right. That's it. Like, and that's why I think, you know, luxury market, um, is so dynamic right now is if you have, if you, if you have the means you can live the lifestyle you want to live. Right. And, and by the way, to your point, some people like, you know, people change. So it's not like somebody wants to, you know, people change at different stages of their life, et cetera. And I think that's, I think, you know, that's like the moral of the story is like embrace the change. Um, I was kind of shocked last week. I was in the city for in New York city for, we used to be based there. We're not uh, formally based there anymore, but was there and, and I was looking around at, at, you know, all these office buildings going up, still going up and thinking to myself, like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Right. And um, but there's tons of people living there. Right. Forget about working there. There's people who are making the decision because they want to live there. They like the climate. They like, you know, the urban atmosphere. They like the, you know, cafes and, you know, all those different things. And so. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. The merge of those two things, I actually just this past weekend was talking to a friend whose family's moving back to New York and they went to live with in-laws, her in-laws, I think, during um, in the Carolinas during the pandemic and considered moving there. And then like you, Seth, they're like, oh. no, we want to live in New York. We've been in New York for however long and we want to go back there. And so they're going to go back there. Um, so it will be interesting to see how it all shuffles out. We actually had a comment come in um, about from Fernando, who's with us from Portugal. And he says that there were he had similar experiences with COVID-19 in Portugal, but the, the country is now in a great position to exit the pandemic and real estate's going really strongly. And they have a lot of foreign buyers right now in Portugal. So that's really great to hear because those of us in the U.S. were also hearing 
you know, about how locked down most of Europe was even more so and longer than we had been in most of the U.S. But um, now we're kind of trending back in some areas of the U.S. again. So we just who knows what the future holds. But Chad, you had made a comment about like what what this does mean looking forward. And maybe we'll close out with that. I can actually turn off the slides so that they don't take up. I don't know how people have their screen set up, but sometimes it takes up a lot of space. But this says what upcoming projects are you working on for your brokerage, but maybe I could even expand it to say, you know, what what is most exciting for this coming year, Kristen and Seth, for y'all. Um, we can talk about some things we're working on that's exciting for us, but let y'all start. Uh, I don't think anything I'm doing is as interesting as Kristen's. So I think I need to go first because whatever she says, I'm, it's going to be hard to, yeah. hack to follow. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm, I'm designing a $50 million house myself. Um, so I, I've been, um, when, when the market got frothy, um, I, I dove headfirst into doing a lot of, I'm in, I'm in seven flips right now, all luxury flips. Our exit prices are between two and 7 million. And um, that was a huge change for me because I, I remodel people's houses for them when we sell. And Compass is a big kind of conduit for that with the, with the Compass Concierge program. And, and then that turned into, hey, I'm going to buy these things myself and, and, and flip them. That's been great for me because my greatest achievement this year is I've been able to match my commission income with, with development income. I'm literally dollar for dollar. We're at the, making the same doing flips as I am selling houses. That wouldn't be true if I was doing small properties. These are larger properties that have larger margins, obviously. But um, as I look into the future, what's really, really exciting for me is the residential market, we, I don't know where prices are going to go. So flips, we're being very thoughtful about what, what we purchase because who knows if things change. But I, I don't think rents, or at least in San Diego, are going anywhere anytime soon. And they've gone up dramatically, which has meant that buying apartment buildings and building units and putting uh, accessory dwelling units like ADUs, like separate houses on properties has been very, like a very smart move right now. And that's, what's been really exciting for me is I'm always in the business of helping people do their own thing. Right. And so I'm, I'm not immune to the market shifts, but I'm not paying attention as much because I'm just care, I care about what it's worth today when we list it. But as I now I'm more engaged and I'm putting more of my, my, um, my own time into that, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited to really be in the real estate game as an owner and as a principal because um, I believe that a lot of this change in the residential market, whether rates go up, whether prices go down or whatever, there's some real shifts in how valuable where we live is. And I think that that, that in the long term, this, this is always going to be better for, I think residential real estate is the bell of the ball right now. And I think it's going to stay the bell of the ball um, because it, pe people now care more than ever the physical structure that they live in, um, which not only means people are renting it or, or paying more, renting it for more money or paying more money to buy it. Um, I, I think just in general, creating good spaces for people is, is now more than ever really important because I don't think that we're ever going to travel exactly like we used to. And I'm one of these people that believes that at least out here in California, like there's going to be the next variant and the next variant and the next variant. Like this is, this is now the new normal. And so I think that people are, are really emphasizing where they live. And I think that that makes it 
for any real estate investor, th that's a strong trend that I think we can all capitalize on if we're, if we're paying attention. And, and that's what I hope to do next year. Exciting, for sure. Okay, so for me, hopefully you guys can hear me because I'm still going in and out, but okay. So, um, so exactly what Seth said, I am, um, except for, you know, well, I, I always do some personal stuff and dabble in real estate here and there because I like to walk the walk and talk the talk. And also, too, I like to I like to go through buying and selling just to make sure like I'm on point with what I'm doing with my clients, too. It's always so interesting to buy something and then, you know, just realize what your clients are going through or selling, too. But um, really, for me, what I am doing is. Oh no, she left us hanging. Well, maybe we'll let her come back. Laura, do you want to share, fill in a little bit of the a few minutes we have? Talk I'm about be working with a lot of developers to develop products. Um, I started doing that in 2000, you know, because we, we, you know, modern 5,000 to 7,000 square foot homes that were just super on point. And so now, what the shift that I'm seeing right now, I mean, obviously everybody's moving around, but everybody's. The, the other thing that I think people are able to do now is whereas just only the Uber luxury buyer was having multiple properties. I think that just our base level luxury buyer is able to have modern properties or I'm sorry, multiple properties. So I also think that the, you know, we touched on it earlier about taxes and what's important to people. I think that, you know, certainly as a, as a tax free state in Nevada, people want a Nevada address. So I'm trying to work with developers to get that luxury product, but, you know, smart sized down so that they can have a turnkey, like modern luxury, glamorous, sexy strip view place. Um, but without a lot of maintenance, because those guys want to be here without, you know, just, which, you know, will probably tend to see, you know, maybe some high-rise products in the suburbs, which you don't normally see. Those are normally on the strip, but I, you know, certainly am starting to work on that and you'll start to see some really cool um, announcements probably this fall. So stay tuned because I got something for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting, Kristen. Awesome. Okay. You piqued our interest. We'll stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, I mean, we're working on a lot of stuff. I don't know if there was one thing in particular, Chad, that you were teeing me up for, but I'll say one. And then if there's something else you want to add on, do so. Um, our team has been rocking it through everything in the past year. So like kudos and shout outs to everyone on our team, both our sales team, everyone who's out in the field, and they've been shucking and driving with the differences and, you know, how, what they can do with the pandemic, et cetera. Um, and then everyone who's in operations, marketing, technology, finance, everything. Um, and specifically, in the past year, we've been focused a lot on technology enhancements, enhancements to better enable our team throughout the process of everything that we do. Um, we have a really robust environment technologically in Salesforce that our team works on. And we've also been taking steps to visualize that information outwardly. So for agents and sellers who work with us specifically to be able to get into a digital environment in real time, see all the stats 
of what's going on with their property. All the web traffic fed in, all of the lead information, all of the advertising. Um, and so there, it really mitigates the questions back and forth and gives people what they want on their timeline when they want to log in. Um, so that's been something that is probably going to be an ongoing project forever, client portals is what we're calling it internally. So, um, Seth, I don't know if you got to see the portal, kind of the first iteration of the portal, maybe on your most recent project. And going forward, it'll become more and more robust. Um, and that's exciting for us because knowledge is power for our clients and agent partners, right? I mean, we're all working on the same team. So we want everybody to be able to see what we're seeing so that you can work with the same um, roadmap and um same trying to think of a sports and a playbook, I guess, as we do um, working to the finish line. So I'm excited about that. Or a music note sheet, Laura. Could be like the symphony playing from the same sheet of music. That's good. There you have it. Okay. okay. So I think that's a good one. I think the second thing is, in, in, uh, you know, we're really continuing to accelerate our international footprint. So uh, I think the uh, the change that's happening in the United States is happening everywhere. And like we know luxury, that's the market we're focused on and have a global clientele. And, you know, whether selling a villa in Phuket, Thailand or a chateau in France or in a winery in Switzerland or property in Beverly Hills or whatever it is, you know, these buy the buyers um, are you know, the migration patterns are distinct um, but multifaceted. And, and I think that's really, you know, the opportunity for all of us is um, the world, um, you know, is shrinking. It's in at the same time, like the differences um, are really standing out more than ever. Right. And I think coming back to Seth's observation around people are voting with their home purchasing choice and, you know, about for Kristen's like everybody just went through a midlife crisis. Like I agree, like people are, are you know they're 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 voting with their 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 where their you know primary residence is more than ever and that's really exciting for those of us who are in this business yeah for sure and watching the olympics has taken on a new meaning also with you know everything that everyone's been going through worldwide um seth my girls have been super into the skateboarding this year like skateboard birthday and watching skateboarding in the olympics man i'm i'm so i'm so happy i feel like uh i feel like that um like i was wondering what reggae uh bands would do when weed finally when marijuana would finally get legalized like you can't you have no more songs to write about right like are you done like are you is there no more reggae anymore now that it's legal and i feel like skateboarding like i'm that reggae band because like, i was like it needs to be in the olympics it's an incredible act of acrobats it's humans at their highest level it's not just you know i was always been the person that has been very emotional about like skateboarders are not a bunch of losers like there's tons of us that are like business owners and have our act together and it's actually a really beautiful sport in my opinion and um, it's certainly a lot more exciting sport than a lot of things that are Olympic sports. Um, <laughs> I'd rather watch someone fling their body, you know, you know, 30 feet in the air on two tiny little wheels the size of your eyeballs rather than watch a guy play, you know, cur do curling or something. And um, and uh, but now that it's in the Olympics, I literally have nothing to talk about at cocktail parties because I'm like, OK, well, that's done now. So 
Well, I now, now Lake, Lake has another mission from toddler talks to uh, Olympic skateboarding. Oli- Olympic skateboarding? You yeah, have, it's like, really... reggae, like reggae rehab, you know, like <laughs> like rehab for for reggae or for, you know, mm-hmm. Rastafari. What are we going to do? Yeah, it's it's so it's so cool. You're right. The world has changed, and it is a really beautiful change. I think at the end of the day, too. I think that's that's uh, it is really the the our our perspective. But it's so it's so funny, Kristen. You were talking about midlife crisis. I always said we had like a near death experience, like some sort of like crazy moment where you're like, okay, let me take a second and let's take inventory. Um, Chad, it's so interesting to hear. Um, you you guys have a perspective that's so much more vast than mine. I'm I'm in my little bubble. And um, it's interesting to see that I think what you're implying is like people in Spain, people in Thailand, people in England are experiencing the same thing we're experiencing here, that that everyone just went through this crazy thing in 2020. And we all just said, OK, what matters? And let's just focus the rest of our lives on that. Big time. Well said. Yeah. Well, thank you both for joining us today. We're at the top of the hour. But we really appreciate y'all and you matter to us in our world. And thank you for all that you do for us. And thanks for everyone who listened in. 